the 253rd edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion pump fake for three too strong on the shot that's it the Tar Heels are the national daggum champion love guarded by Keels gets a screen pulls up for three got it Caleb from straight away this is the four corners podcast here are your hosts Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're here with you guys once again today talking some recruiting as Carolina kind of at the last minute lost a commitment from a freshman that was supposed to enroll uh, very, very soon. And we got a 2024 commit that Stan firmed on being committed to Carolina after rumors were swirling that he was going to decommit from Hubert Davis and the UNC staff as well. But we'll start as we do with every edition of the pod, the pod thought of the day. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys, I'm uh, I'm a little worked up. I'm a little I'm a little fired up now, if you will. Um, so I was really trying to find a, a pod thought that that got that that got my point across and really just got me oh, got me going. Oh, I can't even imagine what this is. And so we go to maybe, maybe if not, you, you know, some people will debate it. The greatest NBA coach of all time, Phil Jackson, ah. and his quote is: "Approach the game with no preset agenda." And you'll probably come away surprised at your overall efforts. It's a really, it's a really good quote. Oh, here we go already. You can tell by the tone this is going to get really ugly really quick. And I want to emphasize on the words preset agenda. Um, you know, when I have a pod, when we host a podcast, there's a preset agenda. There's a goal that we we want to accomplish. Well, yeah, I mean, that's also like, yeah, it's kind of part of it. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I have a preset agenda of the things I want to accomplish. But when when it comes to games or stuff like that, you you, you can't have any preset agendas. And with with the news yesterday of Simeon Wiltshire asking out of his letter of intent and telling Carolina and Hubert Davis he's not going to enroll at UNC, there was a preset agenda that that played a role in this decision. And, you know, I, I put the article up on Heel Tough Blog about him. 
um, and got some interaction from folks because in the article it states that the decision of Elliot Cadeau to reclassify really played a role in, in this decision. And a lot of people said that wasn't the case. You're wrong. It's, it's, it's not right to go that route. Then tell me why a guy that was committed since 2021, since Hubert Davis's first quote-unquote late night or whatever it was it was called that year, why did he decommit the week after Cadeau reclassified? He stayed committed during the first year of Hubert Davis as Carolina's head coach, which before the run to the national championship game wasn't it wasn't smooth sailing it wasn't easy it wasn't pretty people like myself questioned and wanted him fired stayed committed during the second year which was all the more trying the preseason number one team in the country failed miserably missed the NCAA tournament skipped the NIT and went into full rebuild mode stayed committed while Seven transfers transferred out of the program, and you saw Hubert Davis respond by bringing in veteran backcourt experience. None of that stuff made him say, you know what? I don't want to go play basketball at the University of North Carolina. But the week after Elliot Cadeau, the 2024 five-star point guard prospect, reclassifies, and the fan base, you and myself included, celebrated the move. National college basketball media started changing their preseason top 25s because of the move. Some pointing, penciling him as a starter right away. All this fanfare and saying this could be what really returns Carolina back to, to national prominence. The week after, all of a sudden, Simeon Wilcher doesn't want to come play basketball at the, North Car- at the University of North Carolina. And 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 look, had had he decided to go play in one of the, you know in the G League or something like that, where you're making money and getting prepared for the NBA, which he, I, I think he can still do. To be honest, I don't even know what that process looks like. No, he could still do that if he wanted to. But yeah. you know, as of right now, in the initial reporting, none of that stuff w- was was reported and what factored into the decision. Is there anything though that? Like, I I haven't seen anywhere where he could possibly head. I've seen... I mean, he committed over to Carolina over over UConn. Um, I mean, could that be the pull? But they just landed a a transfer in the portal from Rutgers. But, like, why would you not decommit after they won a national championship? uh, I mean... And and, and we're having to rebuild and retool the roster to defend their title. Like, this is... This is as much evidence... More so than even Gigi Jackson decommitting a year ago, which had a lot more, I think, off-the-court influences in that decision. This, to me, comes across as a kid that said, you know what, I'm going to pick up my ball and go play elsewhere, and is is a current reflection of, of many recruits you see in today's college athletics. Well, I mean, I don't really understand what he thought was going to happen. Bro, you're coming in as a guy that's barely ranked in the top 50. I mean, he's 33rd, depending well, on what si- Yeah, what site are you going depending on? Depending on what recruiting service, you know, you look at, like... You're, but here's the thing. You're not an elite prospect. You're not a five-star. No, but you're still a high-end four-star. But that- my, okay, but here's my point. Did you really think that you were going to come in here and start? 
It's art. If no, you did, have a big role off the bench that's initially. A, but I that, thought, but clearly that's not good enough for him. Then like, why'd is, you even commit in the first place? This is this is what I mean. Look at Tyler Nickel. Tyler Nickel apparently thought he should come in here and be a superstar and should have a chance to start. No, you shouldn't. You were barely ranked in the top 100, dude. Like, this is not I, – I just – the era that we are in now, I mean, guys just – they think that they are, no matter what their ranking is, that they should be automatically given playing time. And it's like, guys, not everybody is going to play. Yeah. Somebody also brought up a really great point. We're complaining about Hubert Davis not playing, guys. Go look at the guys that have transferred out of the program and how much they're playing. I saw that on Twitter earlier today. Kerwin Walton even played less minutes at Texas Tech than he played at Carolina. Like, dude, guy, he is sitting guys for a reason. He he can evaluate talent. Mm-hmm. And this was a guy that clearly they felt fit what they needed. And I, I, I've seen, you know, Cheryl McMillan, who does a tremendous job for Inside Carolina, he wrote an article today uh, about what went down. Or I think it might have been an article that was written based on a podcast that they did last night. And he he said that one of the reasons why was when he came here initially, he was going to be a primary ball handler. I Look, I've watched him. He ain't no primary ball handler. I, I, I don't. Was he under that impression? Like, he, he's a combo guard. If you're a combo guard, you're listed as a combo guard. You can you should be able to play either position. And I, I just, like, to me, dude, I guess what? Like, if you're saying that we have to pick between you and Cadeau, dude, you're taking a hike, man. Well, like, I hate to tell you, Cadeau, Cadeau is maybe the best passing point guard to come through college basketball in a decade. So like like they're not picking thing. you. Like even though even with Wiltshire's struggles this year at the high school level where he didn't he didn't dominate the way you probably wanted to see him dominate and as a result you caught you kind of saw him slip in the rankings. Not a good sign by the way. You know, weren't we all kind of still thinking this guy was going to be a big part of what Carolina did off the bench? We we've talked about all off season about building quality depth up and down the roster and stuff like that. And when you look at the depth that exists on the roster, I looked at him and said he's gonna be the wingman to either Seth Trimble, the reclassified Cadeau. Like, sign me up. You're still gonna have a role. You're still going to impact winning. Why? Why isn't that enough? Because here, that's all that matters, man. We went 20 and freaking 13 a year ago. We were one of the biggest disappointments in modern college athletics history across the board. I mean, find me one that was more disappointing. I, I dare you. So, and, and, and Hubert Davis isn't dumb. He knows the criticisms, the doubt that exists, not within the fan base, but within that within that athletic department and a booster club that pays his bills. So he knows I've got to turn this thing around or even though because I'm a Carolina guy, even though Roy Williams endorsed me to get the to become the head coach, my butt's on the line. I got to win. Winning is what matters. And I thought Simeon Wiltshire was going to impact winning in a positive way. I mean, look, we we talked about it on here 
when the DeMarco Dunn transfer went down. We thought this opened up opened opportunities. Up and dude, I'm I'm telling you. We I, thought, I mean, dude, we 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 did a podcast. We did the Locked On Tar Heels podcast with Isaac Shade. Um and he had the, he had a tremendous topic on the freshmen that were coming in and what we thought their floor and their ceiling could be. And the ceiling for him was to become a starter. We thought that and ACC and I, rookie of the and, year, and I thought that was more than possible. I thought he was a guy that could have played off the ball. And this is this is another notion that we're starting to see with a lot of guards. By the way, is I want to be the primary ball handler. We've seen it on this on this team with the guys last year. Yeah, R.J. Davis. You know, we're we're people were worried that would be the same mindset for Seth Trimble. Now it doesn't appear that way. We're seeing it in the NBA. You know, we're talk we we talk just about every day here on 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 the WFNZ airwaves about Scoot Henderson and Lamelo Ball and the mindset that both of them have that we want to be the primary ball handler, we want to be the best point guard at, at at you know at the NBA level, and that's the mindset it seems like every guard is taking nowadays. Do you realize that there is that there is a lot of money to be made, and there is. There, there is a craft to being a really good catch and three shooter. There's also guys. You can share the ball handling responsibilities. You don't have to have one guy that brings the ball up the entire time. And guess what? If you really thought that Elliot Cadeau was that big of a threat to to basically just become the primary ball handler and nobody else is allowed to touch the ball, I I don't really care. Like, am I supposed? Here's the other thing: Am I supposed to be hurt over this? Because, like, if it's you again, if it's you or Cadeau, I'm not even. I, I'm. It's not even a question. I'm not taking Simeon Wilcher any day of the week over Elliot Cadeau. I mean, it's not. It's not no even chance. that. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not hurt because. And, I mean, I know it's going to sound weird because I've been. I mean, I'm fired up over here. Just a touch. Like, like ultimately, this kid's got to do what's best for himself. But I thought he was going into a role in a situation where he could be an impact player and impact winning. And I think what we're learning in this new age of college athletics with NIL, with the transfer portal, half these guys don't care. Winning, winning for them isn't the end-all, be-all. It's playing time, it's exposure, and it's getting the bag so I can go to the NBA and and get another bag. And maybe I'm wrong. I still think that if you perform and you perform well at the University of North Carolina, that other stuff is going to take care of itself. And and I I just I I I just don't I I don't understand like Elliot Cadeau makes you better. He makes you a better player. It's but it's not it's not about But because for, you're not for, gonna get the recognition first, you're not gonna get the you're not gonna get the credit first, because Cadeau is gonna get the credit because he's such a great passer and all this stuff. It's just better for you to go somewhere else. I mean, look, and maybe it is. And 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 look, if you are, if you were seen as a primary ball handler, and they told you, "Hey, man, we got RJ already here. He's going to probably start out as the primary ball handler. We've got Elliot Cadeau. He's ahead of you, and we've got Seth Trimble. 
then maybe it is best for you to move on. If you, if you, if you have that mindset of, look, man, I'm not playing off the ball. But dude, it, it comes. Then back it to, is, you know, it whatever. Back, it comes back to Dean Smith's quote. You know, basketball is a beautiful game when five teams on the court play with one heartbeat. Five players. You know, someone doesn't. There's four guys that are going to be on the court that don't have the ball. Like that's just the nature of the game. You're not playing five on five with five different basketballs, man. And, and and so like I I just yeah you're gonna get you're you're gonna get yours but I mean and, it's a, and like this is why I said this this is a direct reflection of the reclass of Cadeau because it didn't happen before then like if this happens back when everybody was leaving the program who would have cared like we would have said this makes a lot of sense well program isn't oh people people would have cared people we got to figure said, some stuff out and people are still saying it now well this is on this is on hubert hubert just ain't doing what he's supposed to do i mean look we're we're being we're being harsh on 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 him and i mean look i, I think there there is the question we we don't we don't know i mean i know what what people are reporting is is the thing about there not being enough space for him in the backcourt but my thing is is also look at the time that he that that he committed. Look at all the guys that were in the backcourt. He didn't know all these dudes were going to transfer. So why were you still like if if you didn't think that that was a group that you you know like you don't think this is a group that you can navigate? Which by the way, I mean we're heaping a lot of praise on Elliot Cadell. Is Elliot Cadell guaranteed to come in and be a superstar? No, I mean I think he. Uh, I think so. If I had to project again, like I've said multiple times already, if I had to project, I would say he Cadeau will be a better player and will fit Carolina better than what Wilshire would be. But I still think there was a fit for him. Now, I now with a point that I was going to get to is that I, we you know we've been harsh on him, but there are the new age of college basketball recruiting especially even more than than any other sport it's a lot different than the old days in terms of you you have so many different people that are in your recruitment that are in your circle you've got your family you've got of course yourself you've got your high school coaches you've got your AAU coaches there's so many different people that are involved in all of these different things. And then you put in the NIL stuff. Now, one of the other things, too, and this may not have come out yet. You know, this this hasn't come out. And, and even if it is the truth, it may never come out. This is something where if this is an NIL issue, if they are not getting it done NIL-wise, you got to just adjust the times. I I know that it's well. We're looking for Carolina guys. You are, but this is the same thing that we talk about on the football side of things. Hey man, play you. You have to play the game because if not, you're gonna get left in the dust. And guess what? If you get left in the dust, so is your program. You're you're, you're comparing apples to oranges. No, I'm not. How is how am I comparing apples to oranges? It's the modern day. You have to this play the game, or. No. Be left in the dust. No, because if if Carolina starts selling their souls to kids that are just there to collect five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars and leave after a year, then Carolina basketball will then become a shell. Then you ain't recruiting of, anybody. No. So you don't think they should be giving out money at all? No. But that should not be the driving force. 
You come to Carolina. Then you ain't recruiting talent. No. I'll bull, tell you that. No. Bull crap. Who show me show me kids nowadays that that can, dude? It's not going to be like that moving forward. There is a sixty-year track record that says you come to Carolina, you play basketball at a really high level. Pretty much for the rest of your life, you're going to get taken care of. This generation doesn't give a damn about that. Then, and they if, don't. And if, if none that, of them, if that's the type of kid that you're recruiting, and I, and I, I thought about this. This decision needs to make Hubert Davis and his staff reevaluate the type of kids they're recruiting. Because if 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 that's all they're after is to come here and get half a mil or whatever it is up front, I don't want that kid. Well, here's the thing. Now, if you if come here the, and you get that money, like an Armando Baycott, dude, virtually every starter last year on the roster had an NIL deal. So I'm definitely not against it. But if that's what we're using to recruit you as, is we're going to get you $500,000 up front or whatever, and if you and if, if that's not enough, you're not coming, then guess what? Then don't come. It's a part of it. Because I still believe that you can win without having to sell – to without having to shell out money left and right to get kids to come play for you, and Can maybe you believe in that. And maybe look at the I'm, results on the court this past couple of years. That that had they were two, two years ago they played for a national championship, but but I, I mean mid season you were wanting him fired. But that had nothing to do with nils. Was with on court results because you're not getting the talent that you've gotten in the past. Yeah, and so look if we if if if, if Carolina look Carolina isn't set up like Duke and Kentucky. Or even, or even Kansas, where they can adapt to the modern, the modern times. Because Carolina, it's well, that's a problem. No, it's but now when you've got sixty years, then don't complain about losing. Like that's what you 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 have to get used to the fact that this will be Indiana. No, then. because if, no, if, if no, they're it's not. if they're not playing the game, if they're not landing, because I'm going to tell you that mindset that you just had right there. Don't ever complain about them missing on prospects ever again. You should never say, "Hey, well, I, I, how do we miss on a five star? How do we have this guy in the bag?" Because if that's the mindset you're taking. You are going to miss on just about every kid that is worth anything. Yeah, maybe so. But if, if if I've got to guarantee that kid a some amount of dollars for him to even commit to come play, that's one of the first things you talk about with kids when you, you sit down. You know, like in recruiting. Like here's the thing: Carolina is one of the very first schools in the country to set up an uh, to set up an NIL collective. You're going to get your money, but if it's not the amount of money that you want, and you decommit. Then you then you're you're not you're not the right guy. I'm gonna go back. Oh, what, I I don't I don't to disagree what, to with what that. Hubert Davis said at his introductory press conference. I want guys that have two feet in. If you're worried about NIL deals and stuff like that, you don't have two feet in. Well, I hate to tell you, there's a guy on the roster that I don't know. I, how do, are we sure that that Armando is not worried about NIL stuff? Oh, shut to up. To a certain shut, extent, shut up. He's getting plenty of NIL money. I don't think that that is. Look, I'm not saying that he is the, the not dude, playing hard. The dude came that. back because he was the but face of a failing team. But and it's doesn't an want element that to be his lasting. Image. I don't believe that. If he, if if the NIL money this guy was not there, said on national TV he would die for this university. If the NIL money was not there, he would not have come back. And I wouldn't have blamed him. I wouldn't have wanted to come back either Where after else that is he season. Go? But that's the thing. You because here's the what can you do now at the college level 
that you couldn't do before. When Win a it, national championship. No, that that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in general. You can make money. That's, that's what's keeping these dudes in school as opposed to, hey, we're just having to go to the G League. That's that that's ultimately part of it. And yes, Armando Baycott is definitely a Carolina guy. There is no doubt about that. But at the end of last year, after everything that happened, if if he would have if, if that would have been it, nobody could have blamed him. But NIL money played a factor into why he stayed in school. It 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 did. It's an it's an element. Get used to it. If if not, you're gonna be left behind. I'm not and saying And you're seeing that-, that in every in every sport. And yes, there will be guys that will come through Chapel Hill that are there to get the money, to play basketball, and to get to the next level and leave. You have to you have to have guys like that cuz if not, you're not going to have the talent to compete and you're going to be left behind. So, and and if that's going to happen, then don't complain about the results of the team on the court. Yeah. Sit back and enjoy that this team is going to have have years where they are not going to be nearly as good as they've been it, it as, as the program standard is. Yeah, no. I I I still believe you can win without 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 buying players. And and if not, then 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 maybe Carolina basketball does become a shell of itself. But until that's proven to be true, which so far that hasn't been proven uh hasn't been proven true, I'm still gonna believe that you can recruit the right type of kids, the right the right type of families, get them in here, get them their NIL money that they want, help them start setting themselves up for, for their futures and still win and play basketball at a high level and, and do so the right way. Another big thing, though, that really came out of this is because of this decision, does Carolina have to rethink moving forward about having commits reclassify? Because No, you take the most talented guys that fit your roster. Again, don't give a damn about Wiltshire. Dude, I don't care if your feelings are hurt. Cadeau is a better player than you. It's that simple. Better prospect. We'll see. We'll see how it works out. Cadeau is the better player right now. Any Tar Heel fan that would say I would trade Cadeau for Wiltshire has not has has not looked at these two kids play. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just something where it's like I mean, I, I I I would hope not, but again, guess what it comes back to? If you're having better, more talented, more gifted guys reclassify that are going to impact winning on a much more consistent basis and dudes bail, you got the wrong dudes. The last thing before we get to Ian Jackson is now, again, Carolina's got three roster spots open for next year. Four. And Isn't it four? It's, it's three. And, and you, don't really, you don't really know what's going to happen because Jaron Stevenson's visit came and went with no commitment, let alone reclassifying. And as as far as we know, Carolina's pretty silent on the transfer portal front. I don't know how, I don't know why they haven't gotten interested in Arthur Kaluma, a guy from Creighton that I think would impact winning the second he arrived on campus. I'm talking about a guy that averaged double-digit point scoring in a pad of power conference for a, a, a program that went to a Sweet 16 two years ago in, a, in, in the Elite Eight last year. But 
as of right now, Carolina is kind of almost back in the somewhat of the same position, depending on how they fill the roster out, where they're not going to be as deep as you want it to be. And, you know, you mentioned the the the, issue, the the episode we went on with Isaac Shade of Locked On. It's like we both criticized about Hubert Davis's quote-unquote rotation, but if you looked at the roster, it wasn't that deep of a roster. And you look at it now, just with Wiltshire decommitting, Zayden High is a is a project four star. This this is going to be a guy that is not going to play a major role. You would imagine on this year's team. Yeah, people got to realize that they really do, well, man. Like it's Carolina's back at a at a spot where they're playing about eight dudes, may, maybe ish nine. And the and, and as we learned last year, it's very possible that one or two of those guys doesn't pan out, and they're back to six or seven. Yeah, so you know. I'm not saying that Hubert Davis isn't working the portal, but it's just been it's been it's been very quiet on that. Well, front. one of the guys that I would have wanted that I thought they should have been interested in from the get go went off the board today. Olivier Comois from from Tennessee. I thought they should have been interested. Yeah, we saw what he could do against Duke. He had a tremendous season at Tennessee, and they don't end up going after him. They still need a guy, a stre- a, a guy that can stretch the floor at that four position, ideally. Like, Jalen Withers can start there. He did some good things at Louisville. Ideally, you would love to have him coming off your bench. And the fact that they're not, I mean, I don't know. Do they just feel that good? I I, I really have started to wonder, will they, will they toy around with the idea of using a lot of Armando and Jalen Washington and using two bigs? They may have no choice. Yeah, which is why, which is why I'm pushing for... Um, that's why I wrote the article about Kaluma. Dude, I I I I'm a fan of Jalen Washington's game. I think Jalen Washington can be, and I think he's going to be a big time player. But when he's on the court with Armando, dude, the court's even more compact than it was with Pete Nance. Well, here's the thing. If you if you're gonna play that way, then and, and you're he, you're gonna take away a lot of what you can do going to the basket with your guards, dude. You you better have guys that can shoot the hell out of the rock from the perimeter, then. And he's also not the 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 high low passer that Pete that Pete Nance was and is. Like I remember, I said after the Notre Dame win in, in late February, when Carolina was you know we thought was making their their push for the tournament, I thought Carolina said this is the way we're gonna play because it was really hard to guard and Pete Nance. A 6'10 forward was a better entry passer than Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Leaky Black ever thought of being. And the the problem is, is that's not the way Hubert Davis wants to play. Um, Not that I'm saying he's unwilling to, to play that way, but, I mean, I thought it was pretty clear and evident a year ago that was the best way for the team to play and he didn't do it. So, you know, they they've they've... They they've got to get on their horses and try to start locating dudes and, and and finding guys in the portal. But I mean, like you said, the the guy from Tennessee off the board, they've shown no interest in Kaluma Spencer, the Rutgers transfer. He lands at UConn. Like, well, he was a guard. I, I mean, to be fair, they didn't they didn't know. Up you just in, lost a guard, but, though. But he committed yesterday. How are they supposed to get in on that? So recruitment? he ain't. By the way, right now, players ain't picking Carolina over UConn. No. Not happening. So, no, and now that not, not, not unless now, you buy him. Now that's the thing that you're starting to that that really is probably frustrating for some people. You probably have to go look for two guard help in the portal again. Yeah, like people are saying, well, Paxson Wojcik. 
Dude, Paxson Wojcik is six seven. But is he a guy that they really think can play at the two guard? I mean, I mean, height maybe, height doesn't determine where you play. But I I just I don't see him being a two guard because one of the things about two guards, like if he's playing that spot, he's a spot up three point shooter. Well, the, the, he can't create his own offense, and that's what you need is, out of your two guard spot. The biggest thing is that. We've kind of just said all summer, Carolina's going to run three guards, a forward, and a big. Yeah, that ain't happening. Well, I mean, now you just lose to Wiltshire. Like, now, if you want to play that way, you need to have another guard. Well, Seth Trimble, it, 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 here's what's going to – here's another thing that's that's starting to seem like a pretty a pretty sober reality for one guy. R.J. Davis, you're going to be playing a lot of two, brother. I hate to tell you, but there are going to be – I mean, with, with, with Wiltshire leaving – and, they don't have much. They don't have many options, man. And look, here's the thing. I love RJ. I have said the last two, three years, he's my favorite player on the on the current roster. If that's what's best for the team, and that's what impacts and defines winning, and you got a problem with that, you're not a Carolina guy. And I'm of the belief that RJ Davis, along with Armando Baycott, came back and said. We don't want our lasting memory at Carolina to be we were members of a team that started preseason number one and missed the tournament. So, you know, once again, Hubert Davis has his work cut out for him. The last thing we'll discuss before we quit yelling, um, and the yelling would have been a lot more intense had Ian Jackson decommitted, which was the big rumor on Twitter after we, we, we got the, the, the Simeon Wiltshire news yesterday afternoon. But Wiltshire did an interview with Inside Carolina doubling down and stating that he is go, he, he is still 100% committed to Carolina. He has no intentions of decommitting. But more importantly, he did shut down any chance that he reclasses and joins the team this year. And ultimately, I still think in the long run, that's the right and the best decision for him individually, the program moving forward, because you're you're putting two reclassified, you know, and Trimble's older, so it, it, or not Trimble, uh, Cadeau's older, so it's not really big as a deal with him. But having guys reclassify, it works some places. I don't think it works. It 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 doesn't work at Carolina. But for right now, I, I think I think Hubert Davis can breathe because, you know, if, if if Jackson D commits from that 24 class, you would imagine Drake Powell stays committed just because of, you know, the local ties and stuff like that. And James Brown stays committed because Carolina got in on him early and they, they're kind of now reaping the benefits because he, he's really, you know, blossoming as a prospect. But 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 that class would have been in shambles, and it would have been really hard to see them maybe filling it out the best way possible to to restock the program with talent with depth. So, dude, I I just kind of want to commend Ian Jackson. This is a guy that stayed committed during a a a, 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 a season of turmoil that led to an off season of turnover. A school basically in his backyard hired a legendary college basketball coach in Rick Patino, and no one would have gotten mad had he had he decommitted from Hubert Davis to go play for, for that guy. And through it all, man, this guy has has stayed committed to Carolina, and, and it's kind of my best evidence of saying, hey, you can still recruit high level, high end, five star prospects. 
and they still be the right kind of kid you want in your program. Well, we'll see. This 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 recruitment is now far from over because he he said in there, not not reclassing. It's over. He he shut that down. Yeah. So any thoughts of that completely out the window. So now you gotta you gotta lock in for a whole nother year and try to hold on to his commitment. So I mean we'll 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 see because this one I gotta tell you part of it also is that how many more of these rumors, how many more times is he going to have to come down, come out and, you know, talk to 24-7 sports and shut down these rumors? At some point, he's going to just say, forget it. I'm, You know what? You want these rumors to be true? They are true. So, Well, well not if he wants to be a Tar Heel. I mean, but if they keep saying over and over again, and, and fans, because there's got to be fans that are that are going after him. And I saw people last night on one of his on one of his tweets literally just asking him right out, is it true? Are you telling us they're true? So it's just, I mean, that's the thing. That's that's gonna wear on him at some point here. So, I mean, hopefully, you know, for, for Carolina, I mean, it sucks. I, I honestly getting him to reclassify would be the best thing for Carolina just to end all of the speculation. Get him in here. I mean, look, he's another guy where he it, it's not the age thing with him where Cadeau is, is going to come in and be almost 19 years old already. Mm-hmm. But for him, he's still got the experience. He played with Team USA for you know the, the U18 team. He, he has plenty of experience, and he, he could probably acclimate relatively quickly. And that was, that was my first thought when we saw the news yesterday about Wiltshire. Well, that's who they're going to – they need to go ask him now if he wants to reclass. And, so, and with him shutting it down that quickly, I, I'm going to tell you, man, do not, do not sleep on DeMarco Dunn coming back. <laughs> That's I think that is going to be on the table. Yeah. I, I really think that is a possibility because a lot of people thought that the reason that DeMarco Dunn reclassed is because the backcourt was too crowded. I that that mindset, by the way, right now, I just I don't see how that is that is the mindset of these guys because there is a spot at that two guard. There is there is a role there, unless they are pretty much telling guys that either Wojcik, which by the way, I don't know why I thought he was 670, 6'4". I, I think it was because he, re, I think he averaged seven rebounds. I was getting that mixed up. So, I mean, yeah, that's, in, unless they are saying, look, that's our guy there, him or Cormac Ryan, like unless they're saying Cormac's our starter, Wojcik's our backup, that, that two guard spot's open. And I got to be honest, like we've seen Cormac Ryan, is Cormac, Cormac Ryan's a catch and shoot guy. He's not, I, I don't see him as a guy that creates his own offense at an extremely high level. I don't see Paxson Wojcik being a guy that creates his own offense at an extremely high level. You need one of those types of guys. It's not going to be Cadeau, traditional point guard. It's not going to be Trimble, traditional point guard. So again, who's it coming back to? RJ. That's your one guy. You need somebody else. So... I don't know. Carolina's got to do something. It's why that 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 move by Wiltshire is just still head scratching to it's, it's, me, it's, especially with this. It, it's honestly just dumbfounding. Like, was he? I wonder. Did somebody tell him 
that Jackson was considering recommitting or uh, reclassing, and he got bad information. Was he scared when, you know, Cadeau, remember when Cadeau reclassified that post from Ian Jackson with the eyes emoji, you know, trying, which I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Yep, because there and are he, and, and, there were pathetic 45, 50-year-old people that allow kids' high school decisions to, to, to impact their lives. And, and, here's, and here's the thing is that, you know, for Jackson, he, he could have still been thinking about it. This could have been something that he decided just the last couple of days. Hell, he could have decided last night, nah, this isn't the best thing for me. Maybe they, maybe they did call him up. And they asked him, and he said, you know what? Well, I mean, they kind of need an answer to I, figure I, out how to fill out the roster. Right, right. And so maybe the, he thought about it and said, ah, you know, I, I, I just think it's best for me to stay here. So maybe at that time he was thinking about it. But maybe Wiltshire saw that and thought, man, i got to start looking around at my other options here. Because that's the other thing. When the news came down yesterday, this is the thing that people have to realize. This has been in the works for at least a day or two. There's no way he just that they he went to inside Carolina and told them first. I right. would hope not. If so, there's there's a lot of problems. So, yeah, one thing at, at that what, talking about building the roster out as well. Sti- they they still have the grad portal. There are, as a graduate player, you can still enter the portal and go anywhere that you want. I don't know when that deadline is. So that's still an option. There could be other veterans that enter. But, I I mean, I took a look at, at, at the guards that are still in the portal right now. Relatively thin group out there. Yep. So it, it's just another it's another headache for Hubert Davis and what's been kind of an offseason of headaches with losing guys to the portal, getting guys in the portal, and now having a guy back out of, of showing up on campus – uh, you know, ne- ne- next week or, or or whatever. So, um, nonetheless, him and his staff they'll regroup, they'll get back to work, and, and they'll 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 try to find the the best players possible to add to the roster to restore uh, Carolina basketball to where it's supposed to be, which is among, if not the best program in the country. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Before we let you go, we do encourage you guys visit the website. That's HeelToughBlog.com. All the latest basketball news, recruiting news, schedule news, anything of that like, it's on there. As well as football, big recruiting month for Matt Brown and the Tar Heels. Anthony has you covered on that. And before you know, we'll be getting you ready with position previews and all that great stuff as the football season inches closer by the day. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. There we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the offseason. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. want to thank Anthony once again for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!